Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. I have not loved the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, or my neighbor as myself. On Friday, I got to, to go to confession. No, we, we priests don't uh, just go in the mirror. Uh, there was another priest here in town, and I took advantage of it. And I started the confession the same way I've started my confessions for going on 20 years with the two great commandments that we hear in the gospel today. Love of God and love of neighbor. I found that starting with that, and in part, sets myself in a position of, of humble acceptance that I haven't always been a good Catholic. I'm not deserving of the blessings and grace of the Lord in the sacraments. Yes, I do get more specific into the details, but I also acknowledge that when I say those two commandments, if there is anything I forget, it, it just seems like it's wrapped up in, in those because that covers it all. The two great commandments. Friday, we also had our fifth annual Pumpkins and Praise here at St. Mary's. College students were invited to, to carve pumpkins over at the parish center, and then we had an hour of adoration, which a number of you joined us for here in the church. The combination of the, the earthy pumpkins and the heavenly worship brought to mind little Linus and his pumpkin patch and the Peanuts Halloween special. You remember the show, right? With the sweet little Sally being all excited about her tricks and treats and poor old Charlie Brown going to every house in which, after leaving, looks into the bag and declares, I got a rock. It never gets old. But it also is noteworthy, even more so, because of Linus and his pumpkin patch. Some interesting theological points that are worthy of reflection. You remember Linus declaring that the great pumpkin, that godly gourd, would rise out of the one pumpkin patch that he thinks is most sincere. Even as a child, I, I thought that was interesting. A sincere pumpkin patch. I always associated sincere with how I would close a letter, sincerely, which is true. It, that's actually part of the meaning. True, earnest, and also pure. A sincere pumpkin patch, interesting. It should bring up two red flags for us, actually three. The third one being that Linus is missing out on the tricks and, and treats uh, on Halloween night, but from our perspective, important red flags that the genuine God, not the, the gourd, the genuine God does not judge us based on the world that we have surrounded ourselves with, on how we care for the pumpkin patch of our life, if you will. Instead, God judges our hearts and our actions. He judges our sincerity not if we've got everything around us in order, our home, our kids, our, our job, our, our politics, but on how we follow those two great commandments. And isn't it the great irony of the great pumpkin 
that Linus, of all the characters in the Peanuts, is surely the most sincere, the most true, the most earnest, the most pure. It's not about the world around us. But, brothers and sisters, does that sound familiar? Sometimes we, we feel like we've got to have this taken care of first. That's not what the Lord calls us to. It's nice to have the pumpkin patch nice. It's much better to have heart and soul good. And the the second theological red flag, of the pumpkin variety at least, is that Linus claims this, that the great pumpkin will come when certain criteria are met. Yes, when his pumpkin patch is the most sincere. But we know that God does not grace us with his presence as a result of anything that we do. Instead, God leads. God invites. God comes to us, and he is always present, more like Linus's blanket, or better yet, Snoopy. The omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent dog of the show, reminding us that God does not leave us alone. He is always there, knowing just the right move to make, just the right way to bless us. God does not love us because we are good. He first loves us, and we, in response, strive to respond with love. He showed that once and for all on the cross. The letter to the Hebrews, our second reading today, acknowledges that Jesus is that great high priest who offered that one sacrifice once for all, for for all time and for all people. We see those two great commandments lived out most perfectly when we look to the cross, that altar where both priest and victim are one and the same. Of course, When Jesus responds to the scribe's question of what the greatest commandment is, he doesn't pull the answer out of thin air. He also doesn't go to the Decalogue. He doesn't go to the two tablets of the law, though he chooses two that synthesize them. He looks to the the Hebrew Scriptures, to what we call the Old Testament, and to the 613 commands that God gives to his people in them, and chooses Deuteronomy 6 that we hear from our first reading, and then Leviticus 19, verse 18. Those are the two that he points to the scribe and points out to all of us. And there's countless things that can be said of them because they, they synthesize all of the commandments. But I will leave you with this. How does he start? Hear, O Israel. I sure hope you know what the name Israel means. Israel means the people who wrestle with God. You remember the story of Jacob from the book of Genesis, the one who wrestled with God and his name was changed to Israel as he became the father of the 12 sons, those 12 tribes of Israel. The name still applies. Israel is the people who wrestles with God. So if these commandments 
seem like something we're going to struggle with? Like something that we're going to have to bring up in confession day after day and year after year? That's right. If we are challenged by the commandments, by, by the cross, by Christ and his church, we should be. But when we understand them, and when we understand them with the depths of our being, they lead us to love itself. Love of God and love of neighbor. And that is what Halloween is supposed to be all about. Charlie Brown.